The following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for K State athletics. This is Wildcat Insider with the voice of the Wildcats, Wyatt Thompson, and KMAN Sports Director, Mitch Fortner. You know, Tuesdays at Chris Kleiman's press conference, we always hear from him at 12.30 from Veneer. But at 12, they uh, they get some catering in and they give a little buffet to the media that shows up for the for the press conference. And also those at, at Veneer, uh, part of the football staff and those that work in there, get to eat there as well. I think for the media this week, it might be a little bit different than what we're used to. It might just be a whole buffet of crow. <laughs> just straight up crow for uh, for most of us i would say uh me including me slightly not as much as some others but i'll tell you what um yeah this last game was just a little bit more fun than losing to tulane welcome into wildcat insider i'm mitch fortner with the voice of the wildcats wyatt thompson k-state pulls off another victory against the oklahoma sooners coach Kleiman is now three and one against ou and the final score Saturday night, Gaylord Family Oklahoma Memorial Stadium was the Wildcats 41 and number six Oklahoma 34. And uh, man, do I have a bunch of thoughts about this one. But um, I suppose we'll go ahead and just start with Adrian Martinez. That's what everybody, that's who everybody was talking about after the win. He deserved to take that bow after the last rushing touchdown he had. He had four on the day, but holy cow, you want to talk about just a different player from week to week at against Tulane, just some mistakes were being made, wasn't throwing the ball downfield, maybe wasn't running as aggressive as he should have been, and talk about a turnaround against Oklahoma. Adrian Martinez played a lights-out ball game, and he made clutch plays, including that third down and 16 from the from their own 41-yard line, and it seems like, well, Oklahoma's about to get this ball back, and they're going to go try to march it down the field in a short amount of time and tie this ball game. Not if you ask Adrian Martinez. He didn't have anybody downfield open on those four verticals. He took off and ran. A nice block there by Phillip Brooks so he could take it off down the sideline, 55 yards for the play of the season so far. Adrian Martinez was just so much fun to watch. And has completely turned around our thoughts now from what we had after Tulane of what this season could be a special one back to where we thought it would be at the beginning of the year, thanks to 9 a.m. It was incredible. There's no question about that. I, I think it's easy to sit here today and say what a difference a week makes, but frankly, I think it's deeper than that. Um, I think sometimes when people are challenged, they respond in a positive way. Sometimes they respond in a negative way. And I think we know which way this one went. He was just a different guy and the guy that K-State was expecting from the get-go. There's no doubt about that. He was terrific. It was a great night. And it was Adrian Martinez's night. But it was also, I think, just a fabulous team victory. K-State had 509 yards on Brent Benable's defense. To give you one example, all the things that they struggled with the week prior, they pretty much shored up. I mean, there, there were no turnovers. <clears throat> there were very few penalties. They made plays. They made plays on third down. 
they competed their tails off. There were so many, so many standout performances. But you pretty much have to start with 9 a.m. as he's being called now. Um, he, he was fabulous. And I'm, in visiting with him after the game, and, and this was after you know, post-game and stuff, as we're getting ready to be screened and get on the bus and all of that, I mean, just <laughs> you could just tell that there was such a, a feeling that he had of, of, I'll even just say, conquering the moment. Okay, um, again, people weren't happy last week, and, and I'm not saying they should have been, but I, I think it was motivational to him in a big way, and, and he, he turned it on, turned it up, turned it loose, boom, you saw what happened. Adrian Martinez with four rushing touchdowns. He also threw for a touchdown to put the Cats up 13-0 to Malik Knowles on a slight slant route. Just boxed out that defender, caught the ball, was bumped into the end zone. And K-State's off and running. And I got to tell you, I was convinced pretty early that this was going to be a different offense. And going into this game, I, of course, had my doubts. Everybody had their doubts, I would say. Because K-State scored 10 points against Tulane. UMass also scored 10 points against Tulane, who's one of the worst FBS teams that the FBS has to offer, really. And you're asking for a lot to turn around, a lot of things to be corrected against an Oklahoma team that is coached by Brent Venables, one of the best defensive minds that college football has to offer. That first drive, watching Adrian Martinez command that offense, I was convinced, I'm like, all right, the Cats definitely have a chance after watching that first drive. Not just throwing the football. Okay, Ben Sennett, he found Ben Sennett twice for some big gains. Yep. I was like, okay, we're rolling now. He found a wide-open Ben Sennett. He wasn't afraid to chuck it. He had multiple plays of over 20 yards. We're moving now. It wasn't just that, though. Because what was another complaint about Adrian Martinez after Tulane? He wasn't aggressive running the football. Well, K-State picked up three third downs on that first drive. All were on the ground with the wheels of Adrian Martinez, and some were harder to pick up than others. One of them he didn't, almost didn't, because a wide receiver gave up on a block, and he kept the wheels churning. Two or three Sooners were trying to tackle him. He kept it going. And K-State converted combined just three third and fourth downs against Tulane, Converted three third downs on that first drive. I was like, okay. Yeah. After watching that seven points get scored, this is a game K-State can win. You just had to uh, maybe sit on the edge of your seat for three and a half more quarters and watch it play out and hope for the best. I say all the time that sometimes the quarterback gets way too much credit and way too much blame. With that said, he's going to get a lot of credit for this one, and he should. But I'm going to stop a minute here and also say that everyone else was better too. My point is, this was, I believe, a highly motivated football team after Tulane. And to me, that's kind of the story here. They did not perform well. They just didn't in the Tulane game. You, you could see it all over the field. They, we, said, we sat here last Monday and said their defense – was good enough that day to give K-State a chance to win the game. But when you talk to them, and, and them, I mean the defenders, they said they weren't good enough. 
offensive line said they weren't good enough. Some of the other guys said, we just didn't get it done. This week, they were ready to play, motivated to play, and executed. You know, you, you can be as ready as you want, but it still is all about execution and effort. That's what we saw Saturday night is execution and effort. And I agree. I think across the board, even if somebody did make a mistake, everybody was redeeming themselves in one way or another. If it was just the blocking, like the offensive line, it wasn't a perfect night. And the way, if if, if you put this into a simulation, just going by the previous numbers for the previous three games of both teams, you know, Oklahoma was going to give up some rushing yards, but they were supposed to wreak some havoc in the backfield. I mean, they were averaging 10 or 11 tackles for loss, mm-hmm. like K-State's defense was. By the way, K-State took them out of that yeah, pretty quickly. And that's yeah. and helped, you know, and also sacks. I mean, Oklahoma's been one of the best teams in the country by sacking the quarterback. How many sacks did they have in this game? A big old zero. Yep. A big old zero. They did have four tackles for loss. That is less than half of what they are averaging entering that game against uh against K-State. 537-1350 is our number. I believe we got a caller Trey. Yes, we do. All right, go ahead, caller. Yeah, good afternoon, gentlemen. Good afternoon. I don't know if either one of you are old enough to remember this song or not. What a difference a day makes. There's also another saying I know you've heard. There's a lot of people that should have egg on their face. And it's also a short trip from the sewer to the penthouse. <laughs> That's a fact. How do you like those? I, I like Have them a lot. Great day. You're doing All right. Thank you very much for the call. <laughs> It's an interesting call. Yeah. Um, I, I think, to be honest, it, again, it goes back to, I think, motivation is an interesting thing. And disappointment in losing, uh, that's what I, I think I appreciate as much as anything is is the disappointment you saw in the faces of the players after Tulane and how that quickly changed. At the, I mean, you could tell at the press conference on Tuesday – that there was still mad there, frustration there, and what have you, but they were turning and moving. I mean, I'm just being honest. You, I, I felt like I could see some of that and hear some of that in, in some of the comments. And I've talked to several different players. I interviewed two, but I talked to several different players. And, and I just felt like I'm not sitting here saying that I thought it was a lock that K-State was going to go and, and beat Oklahoma. I, didn't, I don't mean it that way in any way, shape, or form. But you could tell – they were motivated, <clears throat> excuse me, to to come back and and put together a really good performance, and I salute them for doing so. Yeah, and KT Levinston, it was a uh, that you see that video that K State football Twitter tweeted out about just kind of like there's like pregame stuff, and there was that fan, that Oklahoma fan drinking a Michelob Ultra, and I I had some I needed somebody to translate I could I can't understand redneck very well, <laughs> but uh, so, somebody ended up tweeting out the dialogue uh, and it, it said something about you know Lincoln Riley isn't here anymore to give up we're back or something like that and there was a player giving them the side eye the dead eye like okay we hear you but also KT Leviston was yelling in the <laughs> read the locker room like I don't like being doubted or something like that he scared me a little bit huh. he scared me there was no doubt I think this team. Yes, there were doubters, but it wasn't like the fan base was giving up on him or anything. Oh, I, sure. I would at least say for most, they weren't giving up. I mean, we're not watching the game if we don't believe in you. That that that's certainly it. But um, I I still I'll put it this way as well. They proved a lot of people wrong. They the coaching staff, the players proved 
a lot of people wrong yesterday or uh, two days ago, Saturday. Yeah, and, and I think what, what should be said here is that, again, you salute the group for rebounding. Mm-hmm. And that means coaches, players, everybody. Uh, and yet, I think this is the point where all of us are anxious to see what this weekend brings because you have a pretty good Texas Tech team in here. Um, and I, I guess what I'm saying is, let's see, let's see how it goes this week. Can you put, you know, really good performances back to back together, and and then really put yourself into what appears to be a very, very wide-open Big 12 race. Those are the things that, that I'm thinking about on this Monday. And you mentioned it earlier, and this was I don't think was talked about enough, is I think it was said by me and the others on, on the show here about how, you know, Adrian, if, if what it takes to let it loose, to really warm up, is to throw an interception – if it happens, not a big deal. Come back, and let's go get him the next time. Uh, there was a lot of improvement made without turning the football over. He did. He is still not thrown an interception this season. Yeah, and I, I guess that's you know again there are lots of things that we can talk about with, with Adrian, but you know what? I can't imagine what his week was like last week after the the loss. And probably hearing and reading some of the things that had been said and what have you, but but whatever, however he handled it, he did it the right way. What I mean by that is he did he said very little other than at the presser on Tuesday, um, and if you if you heard his comments there, he answered every question. He was honest. I I felt like. You could just tell that uh, things were going to be okay. Win, lose, or draw. We'll, we'll see how it goes this week. And he showed up, and wow, he put on a display. He was excellent. Yeah, K-State scored 41 points against a team that was averaging, giving up, what, 10? Mm-hmm. 10 points a game. Yeah. I, I, lesser opponents, of course, even though Kent State actually doesn't seem too bad. Uh, gave Oklahoma a lot of fits in that first half Sure, in Norman, but... Um, K-State, back to uh, winning in their 1-0 in Big 12 play. 3-1 and overall, and you're right up next. I mean, this game got a lot bigger all of a sudden after what happened this past Saturday because Tech beats Texas mm-hmm. at home in overtime, and uh, B. John Robinson fumbling a couple of times. The last one basically cost Texas the game, and now Oklahoma losing to K-State and K-State, Texas Tech. Saturday, 11 a.m., Power Cat Game Day will start at 7 in the morning right here on KMAN. I I suppose when we come back, we'll talk about uh, the number that is next to K-State's name now, and there's one fan base that is really whining about it because their team isn't ranked. Up next on Wildcat Insider. Well, still to come here in Hour 1 of Wildcat Insider. As a matter of fact, we go in and break the news now. Uh, Coach Jerome Tang of K-State Men's Basketball, the coaching staff, just got a commitment for the 2023 class, he is player number three for that class. A small forward, 6'6", 210 pounds from East St. Louis, Illinois. And that is Michaela Rich, who is a three-star, I believe a consensus three-star, uh, has just committed to the Cats as of about, oh, I think that was about, I think that was right about the top of the hour is when he decided to commit. So uh, we'll uh, hope to get more on him on that in just to, uh, just a little bit here. 
Uh, some more notes about K-State football after this win against the Oklahoma Sooners. Adrian Martinez has been, has been named the Big 12 Offensive Player of the Week. Kobe Savage, with his 11 tackles, has become the Newcomer of the Week. And those are the first two uh, weekly honors from the Big 12 for K-State this season. Also, K-State has been named the Cheez-It Bowl National Team of the Week. Is this just like a sponsorship, or is this like the Football Writers Association of America? It's part of the FWAA. Okay. Yeah. And uh, by the way, it was also announced today, K-State at Iowa State, which is going to be a week from Saturday, will be uh, a primetime matchup, but not on a big channel like we had against Oklahoma, uh, since Iowa State is not leaving for the SEC. It'll be on ESPNU, and it will kick off at 6.30, but I think there's no doubt that's going to be a lot of fun. We can, I would imagine we will uh, see Iowa State's black uniforms, which a lot of people around here don't like. I'm personally a fan of. Are you? I do like the look. Um, and they're like, well, it's not even their colors. Well, sometimes that's just the way it is. I don't know. I don't. K State, heck, the basketball team wears black sometimes. I think it would look good as well on a on a football uniform. But that's just me. I've made that argument many times. I'll save it again for another day, I suppose. So, um, Jayhawk fans are pretty unhappy today. They're they're pretty upset. But even though they're 4-0, uh, off to their best start since 2009. Hey, hats off to KU, honestly, uh, because Jalen Daniels is really good. Oh, he's a good player. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, he was throwing some dimes against Duke. And, uh, yeah, he can also run the football. Um, but they're not ranked. I was I thought KU was going to be ranked after the win against Duke, even though they won by a score. Uh, needed a big fourth down stop on their side of the field at KU to avoid any sort of upset bid to possibly happen. But K-State is ranked at a record of 3-1. and one. Lost to Tulane at home, but beat number 6 Oklahoma on the road. KU fans are arguing, well, if you look at our resume, we beat West Virginia on the road, we beat Houston on the road, and we just at home beat Duke. Um, do I think KU should be ranked? I kind of do, actually. Do yeah. I kind of do. Um, defensively, and I, I'll admit this, I haven't really watched much of KU this season until the game against Duke. And I wasn't fully paying attention to that. As a matter of fact, I had some dual screens going. I set up two TVs in my living room. One had KU Duke. The other one had Iowa State and Baylor. Um, and then I would flip the KU game back and forth to, um, I believe it was, if I remember correctly, it was Wake Forest Clemson. That also kicked at 11 a.m. Because that was a really good game. It was. Yep. And so I'll ask you, Wyatt. Like, KU fans are upset. National media is saying, hey, why would you leave KU? AP voters, why would you leave KU out of the ranking? Well, I, I thought KU made the coaches poll. They did not. They're 27th. And KU's 26th in the AP poll with 125 points, I guess is what you want to call it. Uh, K-State, 25th ranked with 166. I do believe K-State should be ranked. I absolutely do. You beat Oklahoma on the road like that, you should be ranked. Do you think KU should be ranked, Wyatt? I, I would say probably not, hmm. but, but, but they are close. And that's, I think, what they need to take away. Uh, with their start, that hey, no, nobody probably thought they were going to be four zero at this point. 
I think if they beat Iowa State next weekend at home, there are going to be even a lot more people talking. But uh, I, I would say I don't want to take anything away from, from what they have accomplished at all because they've, they've been one of the surprise teams in the, in the entire country, really. But I think what has proven out in the first almost month of the season, um, and I'm just being honest here, don't know that Houston is what everybody thought they were going to be, at least to this point. I mean, they went from ranked to not even a single vote in either poll, you know, four games in. So, and then, you know, say what you want, but but winning a road game as a 2 and one football team at number six Oklahoma is going to hold a lot of stew. <laughs> it's just what it is. And and there there's your difference from my perspective, right? And I I, I do hear you. Uh, watching KU's offense, though, I mean, to me, the defense though is like watching me against Duke. I was like, you know, I I don't think their defense is that special. Uh, they're okay uh, offensively, is obviously where they excel. But I mean, we see it all the time. Like Oklahoma's ranked, still ranked 18th in the country. Sure. K-State beat them, and they're ranked higher than K-State. I mean, we see that, and it's it's about where you're at right now. And K-State right now is a top 25 team. Last week, they were not, and they weren't even close. They they proved it otherwise, though. I mean, they, they, had, they laid down an offensive and defensive performance good enough to go on the road to a team that's going to be in the SEC in a couple of years, ranked top 10 in the country, and they were either tied or led the entire game. That's absolutely right, and I, I, it in the grand scheme of things, it's really nice. And I'm sure even if KU is a little bit chapped that they're not in, <laughs> I got to think that the happiness of being four and zero would outweigh that. That's just me. I, I don't I don't want to speak for them in any way, shape, or form, but that's the way I would look at it. It's much more important that they're four and zero at this point than it is that they're 26th in one poll and 27th in the other, right? Because, frankly, it means nothing right now. Get into late October, first part of November, mm-hmm. probably means a little bit more. There are, there are some that say we shouldn't have rankings until the first of October or even mid-October. I don't know how you feel about that. I'm kind of mixed on it just because I, I think rankings are always fun, but – until you get into it a little bit and what have you, it, I mean, it is what it is. Well, it's a, it's you know? a great tool for marketing. Of course. I mean, it's and, a draw. And it's yeah. some, you know, you, you, it, people pay attention to that stuff. It's just kind of what it is. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, and it, is, it is, in the grand scheme of things, we would all rather be ranked than not. All of us. All, every, every FBS school in the country would like to be ranked. And that's probably the specialness of it, that there are just 25 that are. But I look at if, – if K-State was in KU shoes and is 4-0, played that resume and not ranked, like I would probably be hot about that too. Maybe. I, I sure. Honestly, I probably would because yeah. you, you just feel at that point disrespected. Well, they – I, I understand that. Again, I'm just trying to say though they, yeah. they, sh- they should – again, I don't want to tell them what to do, but mm. I, I, I think they're thrilled to be 4-0. They have an exciting and improving team and a quarterback that a lot of people are, are saying is as good as most, and all of that is probably so. You know, So there's some positives there, too. 
And seeing K-State ranked 25th, I mean, there were some AP voters that had K-State, what did I see them, like 13th, 14th, 15th? Like there were a number of voters that K-State at that high. One voter had K-State the second best team in the Big 12. I think that's pretty cool other than uh, Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State is right now the highest ranked team in the conference in the AP poll at number nine. Um, And honestly, it kind of feels like like Oklahoma State is that one team that's not being talked about. Like I've I've barely heard nationally like a peep about Oklahoma State. I've heard about Baylor. I've of course Oklahoma, Kansas, Texas. Hardly anything about Oklahoma State, and maybe that's just because of well, who they've played so far. They just haven't played a soul, and they won by two scores against Arizona State. That's trash. So maybe that's it. I don't know. Maybe it's uh, Sanders. Isn't he like the best? He's like had the best season so far of throwing the football out of any quarterback or something like well, that. He'd be up there a ways. He's 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 a guy that has a great deal of experience. Uh, got some tools around him. Uh, has played in some major big time games in in his time there. And I think that's what we're saying. And that's that's why. You know, maybe maybe that's why KU feels like they should be ranked because we all know the game is about good quarterback play, mm-hmm. and they've gotten good quarterback play. So y- you can <laughs> you can argue that all day long, I suppose. But um, I I respect what Oklahoma State does and how they do it, and I think uh, Sanders has been. I, I don't think he's been at the top of his game yet, but he's been pretty darn good. And why we've been sitting here, I came on at the beginning of the segment and said, you know, maybe I do lean towards KU being ranked. I'm. I mean, I'm looking through like the rest of the, you know, twenty through twenty-five, and just kind of looking through resumes and who they've played so far compared to KU. Now I'm leaning more towards UI because I mean they haven't played like what Pitt has seen, um, like Florida State, Wake Forest, who are also in the you know twenty-two, twenty-three. I I would say they've definitely played a a tougher schedule than what KU has seen. I mean Duke is has got to be one of the worst. Power five teams that there is this season, and they've kind of been in that area for some time. So, I guess better like this week, KU. I guess you got <laughs> Iowa State at home. I mean, that, a win there. But I'll be honest with you. I, I'd rather, of course, see Iowa State come into Farmageddon with a win over KU. I really do. I, I don't want to have to play an Iowa State team that just got thumped by the Jayhawks. <laughs> now you're playing them home because playing yeah. in Ames is already a weird place to play anyway. Don't need no extra heat with an angry Iowa State team Sure, on the road in Ames. Well, they lost at home this past weekend to a really good Baylor team. Yeah, they did. And I know they'll be motivated this week. KU will be certainly motivated. That could be a very interesting game. No question about that. Well, still to come, I I do want to take a look back at the uh, last weekend in the Big 12 um, because there were some pretty big upsets. And the two teams that pulled off the big upsets will meet at Bill Snyder Family Stadium on Saturday. So to come in an hour two as well, we'll hear from Deuce Vaughn, who spoke to the media and uh, did, in a way, you know, kind of call out the haters, call out the doubters uh, after that victory against Oklahoma. Preview of Texas Tech all coming up. Uh, more on the uh, K-State commit for basketball next.
Our number is 537-1350. If you feel like calling in, you want to ask White Thompson a question about the win for the Cats against Oklahoma, you can certainly do that. Uh, Still to come in hour two, we'll talk more about Adrian Martinez and what the offense was able to do against Oklahoma. Deuce Vaughn at 525, who spoke with the media. But right now, some uh, breaking news for K-State men's basketball. In this hour, about 45 minutes ago, K-State had been waiting on this commitment for a while. Seemed like a uh, race between K-State, Mizzou, and Ole Miss on who was going to land three-star Ford, Michaela Rich, who is 6'6", a three-star from East St. Louis, and that's in Illinois. Um, and this is a kid that K-State has been talking to for a few months now. Um, this is somebody who – they saw it in AAU circuit, uh, according to Derek Young. And I guess the tipping point was when he visited for the Missouri game, when K-State played Missouri in football. And he was around Coach Tang and the coaching staff when Coach was <laughs> trying to get the the crowd fired up and jumped into the stands and did the Wabash. I think he was more than trying. I think he got it done. Yeah, yeah. And uh, got the KSU chant going. Yeah. And that was, uh, you know, that was of course right after there. You know, there was uh, the news that got out there about Dr. Frank Trace thinking about pulling Wabash from the playlist, which couldn't imagine that. But if the chant didn't stop, gonna have to take it away. Well, Coach Tang also helping lead the charge of getting the chance stopped by chanting KSU. Well, Michaela Rich witnessed what took place. K-State got themselves a good player, their third commit for 2023. Yeah, and that's the exciting part because now you have, and I can't say a lot about these guys, can't call them by name yet or any of that, but but two four-stars and a three-star yep. uh, for 2023. Top 30 uh, class right now. Yeah, and, and that, that's uh, that's exactly what you want. I, I I mean, it's interesting that he commits today. They've been on him a while, as you talked about. Uh, this is a day where K-State's first real organized day uh, was was today, and and so it, it's good to add to that uh, that class. I think everybody is excited about you know this group and those three coming, and uh, should be. It, it's really pretty. I think everyone is impressed at the job that. Coach Tang and his staff have done so far, whether it's uh, on the coaching side, whether it's on the recruiting side, whether it's on being out in public and getting people uh, tuned tuned into K State basketball and cranked up for it. They've, I mean, it's been a plus plus all the way across the board. Frankly, the other two commitments for the class of 2023 are both four stars. Uh, Dede Ames was the first co- to commit, and he's commi- been committed since July. Mm-hmm. So it's been a few months now. He's 6'1 point guard and a four-star. And then R.J. Jones, 6'3 shooting guard, who's also a four-star. So you have two top 100 kids. Michaela Rich, what I've seen, he's 100 to 150, just depending on where you look. But he's a top 150 kid. So with the star ratings and all that, yes, it doesn't exactly say that he's as talented. I don't have any numbers on him to really describe uh, what kind of player he is, but he's just kind of he's a strong, just all around player, from what I understand. I think what probably should be said here, if he's the number three prospect in Illinois in a state that plays really good high school basketball, that should tell you that he's probably a pretty quality player. Uh, small forward, has um, been described as a guy who plays hard, defends, can shoot it, just just an all around quality wing. 
uh, for K State. That's so you've got a point guard, a shooting guard, and and a uh, and a three man coming in for 2023 as of right now. All right, when we come back, we'll take our last break here of the first hour. When we come back, uh, take a look at the Big 12 from this last weekend. We wrap up our one of Wildcat Insider coming up next. We continue on with Wildcat Insider, Mitch Fortner with the voice of the Cats, Wyatt Thompson, Travion Berklin on the board today. So, Big 12 in week number four actually started on Thursday in a non-conference game where uh, West Virginia, I didn't realize Virginia Tech was not very good. It's not like I watched Virginia Tech hooky football, but West Virginia put on an impressive showing where they just really dominated this matchup against uh, Virginia Tech with Jalen Daniels throwing for over 200. It's really an interesting thing when you look at the first couple of games, West Virginia losing, of course, to Pitt in a really good game in Pittsburgh, and then the home loss to Kansas. Say what you want, but they allowed 70-ish points in those two, and they've been Mm -hmm. pretty darn good in rebounding since then. Now, Towson was one, and Virginia Tech on the road was two. So I I think my point is, is there is improvement there. I think they've got themselves a pretty good quarterback in the Daniels kid who was at Georgia. He threw for 203 yards and a touchdown in this game, and they've also got a really good-looking freshman running back. Um, so, yeah, that, that's an impressive win for them, whether most people paid attention to it or not. Um, I, I think they feel pretty good about uh, being 2-2 two and two after 0-2 start. Now, Deuce Vaughn is leading the uh, the conference in rushing, but you know, Bijan Robinson has scored the most touchdowns mm-hmm. in the running game. But Texas Tech stuns number twenty-two Oklahoma, or number twenty-two Texas in Lubbock, thirty-seven to thirty-four. It took overtime to get it done, but Bijan Robinson fumbles the last offensive snap of the game for Texas to uh, set up Texas Tech in the bottom half of the overtime to win it. It's been a very interesting couple of days since that game for Bijan, from what I've been reading on social media. Yeah, but that's only like his third fumble in like four hundred plus carries. Uh, so it was, but it was significant. You can't take it away. Here's the thing that I would point to every bit as much as the fumble. Texas led it in that ball game at one point, thirty-one to seventeen, and let it get away. I'm looking to see what Donovan Smith did because I I, I know he had a big he, game. He threw we, fifty-eight passes. Yeah, he went well. He had back-to-back games though with a pick six, didn't he? I think that's right. Okay. Don't have that information right in front of me, but. He's an interesting talent. He's he's started three straight games since Tyler Shuck got injured. He's thrown 50-plus in two of those three, uh, but also a run threat. And he's got some guys around him. Um, he's, I mean, he's 6'5 and 230 pounds. He, he's a good-looking athlete. So it appears that right now Texas Tech, like so far this season, doesn't have like a strong running game. Well, let's put it this way. They've thrown for roughly 1,400 yards in their first four games and rushed for less than 500. So they're a mm-hmm. little bit, not a little bit, a lot more pass yeah. than run. Yeah, you're right. 38 of 56 was Donovan Smith for 331 and, uh, and two touchdowns. So Roderick Thompson, who's their leading rusher, he did have 70 yards. That's on 17 carries. Yeah, for, I'm not saying they don't yeah. have good backs no but because both, both uh, uh, 
both of those kids, Taj Brooks and Sir Roderick Thompson, it seems like they've been around a long time. Yeah. Here's the truth. They both are pretty good runners, mm-hmm. and they both are yeah. really fine pass catchers. And if, if you look at their stuff, I mean, I can even look at, at my study chart here and tell you that Sir Roderick Thompson has 38 rushes and 8 receptions. Taj Brooks, 39 rushes and 15 catches. So that's pretty good. I think I'd said earlier that B. John Robinson fumbled twice in the game. He just fumbled the the one time. Maybe I just heard it wrong on the uh, the broadcast. I wasn't able to watch the whole game, but yeah, B. John Robinson with a crucial fumble in that game. Uh, let's see. Um, number seventeen Baylor wins in Ames over Iowa State, thirty-one twenty-four. That was one as well. I think Baylor was just in control for pretty much the whole game, even though, uh, I mean, Iowa State was starting to make it interesting. They were staying within two scores, but mostly just one score. But, uh, you know, Baylor was looking for that first big win on the road after not winning in, in uh, at BYU, and they were able to get it done against Iowa State to uh, get to 3-1. and one. Both teams are now 3-1. and one. Yeah, Blake Shapin, who did not play very well in Provo, in this game went 19 of 26 for 238 yards and three touchdowns. So, he was solid, and they also ran the ball pretty well too. So, I think they had 120-ish yards in in the ball game rushing. So, pretty good performance, and they they're good at the line of scrimmage. They're going to be in this league race. Baylor is. You know, don't sleep on TCU. I suppose, even though they were a big to start, SMU fights their way back, but the Horn Frogs win 42-34 to get to three and zero, uh, and Old Tanner Mordecai. I'm a big fan of his. He didn't have he had he had a pretty big day. But uh, Miller running the football for TCU is it Kendry Miller? Am I Kendry, saying that right? Kendry. Yeah, that's right. Uh-huh. Yeah, almost a buck fifty. Yeah. in that game, he yeah he had a pretty solid day. Yeah, they lost a really big time player in the off season in the transfer portal, and Kendry's kind of taken over that top spot. Max Duggan, their quarterback's kind of been a, a guy. I mean, he everybody knows how tough he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I think he's really kind of won the job partly through injury. Uh, to Chandler Morris, but boy, he's been good. And they they had a pretty significant lead in this game, and then SMU kind of cut into it. Imagine that. SMU's coach over the last few years goes to TCU and in, what, his fourth game or third or fourth game has to go back to the old stomping grounds across from Fort Worth to Dallas and play in that game. Wouldn't that have been tough? Weird. Yeah. (laughs) A little awkward, maybe. Uh, Way awkward. Uh, And then finally, Kansas beats Duke. Sold out. The booth was sold out. 35-27 that final. Jalen Daniels is is really good. Just four incompletions on the day through for four touchdowns. And also was a leading rusher in the game. 83 rushing yards, so he's been rock solid. There's no doubt about that. Well, Hour 2, a Wildcat Insider will feature Deuce Vaughn. He spoke with the media. We'll get his thoughts after the game on Saturday against Oklahoma at 525. K-State offensively had a big turnaround from the game against Tulane to Oklahoma. Got some statistics to back that up. We'll also preview a little bit further the Texas Tech Red Raiders and what the Big 12 has to offer in week number five of the college football season. Hour two of the game, or of Wildcat Insider, is up next. Right now, your local news.